How many tonight's not ashamed to stand up for Jesus? Not ashamed to say that you're saved, that you belong to God? Amen. You know, there's, a, there's no accidents in what is sung in this place before the message. What do you mean, preacher? Everything works together. <laughs> For the will of God, for our good and His glory. Amen? We're going to a very familiar place tonight. And listen, we're not going anywhere that anywhere somebody hadn't been. Nine times out of ten, y'all have probably been here a hundred times in your walk. But God is doing a great and a mighty work. And temptation is already here. Temptation will be coming. Trust me, trust me, you know this, the devil is not happy with what God is up to, what God is doing. Uh, and you better believe, uh, not only have the attacks come, not only are we in the middle of them, but there will be more of them. And he's going to give us, I'm talking about the devil himself, he's going to give us what we're going to think is all we can take. Huh? He's going to do his best to pull you away from God's best. That's what he does, right? He's going to try to sell that nasty, rotten, no good goods to us, right? And I pray tonight as we, uh, those that uh, God has done great things in your heart, I don't wonder that, I know that. I know that. I've been able to hear the testimonies of what God is doing. <laughs> We've gotten to see what God is doing. I pray, hear me, I pray, we'll be mindful of the temptations that are around us. Don't let the devil steal from you what God is doing. Title of the message tonight is, There's Nothing to Go Back For. There's nothing to go back for. <laughs> I don't know how to, God just put it pretty clear to me, I don't know how you can be more clear than that. There's nothing to go back for. As you've found your places and Gospel of John, chapter number 21. We'll, be, we'll pick up the first verse, and for the sake of time, we may read the first three verses, and then we'll go from there. Everybody ready? You found your place. Verse 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter, Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. And they went forth, and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. <laughs> you know, when God's doing something big in your heart... The devil's going to fight back. Hmm? <laughs> I believe, and I've told you this, God is preparing us. God is preparing us for the days ahead of us. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you. God, I thank you for Sunday night, God. <laughs> God, I, I thank you for a body who still, God, has a desire and a hunger and a thirst to be together, God. 
God don't want to, God sing praise unto you. God, not trying to perform, but God to give praise where praise is due. And God now to be able to open your precious word. God to think tonight we don't even deserve your word. But God, yet you provide it to us. God, there's many that you're doing a great work in. I look at this church, this body, God, and I see you working all over the place. God, I give you praise and thanks for what you're doing. God, during the midst of what seems like tragedy and heartache and all these other things, God, you're just shining through. God, you're shining through. God, I give you praise for what you're doing. God, I ask tonight, God, that we not be caught off guard from the wiles of the devil. God, I pray you bind him from this place. God, I pray you set me aside, God. God, empty me, God. God, it's your anointing I need tonight. God, your will, your desire, and not mine. God, I surrender to you an empty vessel, God. An empty vessel, God. God, I pray we'll grow stronger to you. God, closer to you, God, as we ever had before, God. God, may we be reminded who you are yet again and draw close to you. Lord, I ask all these things. God, bless the reading of your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. In really contemplating and thinking of all that God has done in these past days, <laughs> it is no accident. It is no accident of those salvations that's come and gotten saved. It's no accident of those who's felt the calling of uniting with this body. It's by no accident that there has been some God has given a peace about coming out again. And let me be very clear, that doesn't mean anything negative to anybody who doesn't feel comfortable to be here. Alright? You be where God has placed you to be. Alright? We'll see you again. Alright? God is going to provide. I know He will. He always does. But for those that, that God is, and I know there's many online, we get the messages that people will never know about, of how God is working in people's lives. Boy, giving them a promise, reminding them of some things. I, I pray tonight that we do not want to go back. Amen. I pray we do not forget what God is doing in the life of this church right now. Amen. You know, these are special days, folks. I felt, like, I felt like we've just been in a revival and it just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. Anybody with me? Amen. <laughs> It just feels like God just keeps on moving and stirring and drawing us ever closer to Him. Thank God for what He's doing. Bringing families together. Y'all notice that? You think it's by accident? You say, well, there's family over here and family over there. That's all right. Thank God He's bringing family together. Thank God He'd desire to have us together. Amen? But I pray that through everything that we're facing and everything that you're going to face because the, we, we are going to be attacked, folks. Oh, some have already begun to be attacked. 
I've seen some in these coming, these, uh, these last weeks become attacked in a mighty way from the devil himself. Oh, uh, thoughts of doubt. Separation. You say, preacher, what are you saying? How could that be? Can I tell you this? If you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. And that's for, the, that's for the baby Christian, the one on the milk, or the uh, one who thinks they're seasoned. <laughs> oh my, there's so many that think they're so self-righteous and seasoned. God help us! God break us down, amen? God break us down and show us that we are not, hey, that, hey uh, there's not going to be a time we're not going to be challenged by the devil. You have, you're not going to arrive as long as your feet is on this planet. Amen. It'll be glory. It'll be glory when you don't have to worry about the devil anymore. But we see here in the text, let's jump into our text tonight, chapter 21. You notice in chapter 20 as it winds down, uh, Jesus Christ gives them the mission they're supposed to be on. After he gives them the mission that, he's supposed to, that they're supposed to be on, and you do realize if you're saved and born again, God has given you a mission. That's right. <laughs> he did not save you to sit. He did not save you to go through the motions. He saved you to get to work for Him. Yes, you say, is that going to keep my salvation? No, but I've said it before. Because you're saved, you're going to want to work. I've never seen anybody that's truly saved that didn't realize or desire the gift that God has placed upon their life and want to go to work. One that recently joined. I thank God for her testimony. She said, I'm ready to get to work. Ready to serve God. And I can say to this, Amen. There's a place for you. Amen. That's right. Saved to go to work. A mission. And that counts for every single one of us, folks. Notice in your text, though, he, uh, he appears there to the disciples. Thomas, he tells him to put his hand into his side and all these miraculous things. And let's remember now, we're, we're at the end of that after resurrection, but these men in chapter 21, I mean, they walked with Jesus. They saw the miracles of Jesus. They saw the, the working power of the Son of the living God. A testimony to them of who God is. A testimony of who the Son of God is. The power of Almighty God. And yet when you get to chapter number 21, of course He gives them the, he gives them the marching orders that He'll meet them in Galilee. Right? Right? We see these men, they take off to Galilee, they pack up, they go. Praise God, they had a place to go and a mission to go. But they pack up and they head towards Galilee and we pick up in chapter number 21. Now words matter. Anybody believe words matter? Words matter. Beginning in chapter number 21. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. And there were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Canaan and Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. I love, I love what uh, one, of my, one of my favorite writers says. He says, you know, those other two are not named by name. 
And what we ought to do is plug ourselves into the boat there. Huh? Plug ourselves into the boat there. You say, preacher, I don't know what you mean by that. Well, then go ahead and plug yourself into the boat and let's see how it applies. Let's see how it applies. Notice uh, here what takes place. They've been called there. And Simon Peter, some time goes by and they have waited on Jesus because Jesus said he would meet them there. And Simon Peter, you know old Simon Peter, Boy, he couldn't wait around for anything. Couldn't wait around for anything. What does he say? What does he say? Verse 3, Simon Peter said to them, I go a-fishing. Well, number one, let's understand this. They had a mission. You have a mission. God has called you to proclaim His name. Hey, to take the gospel to a lost and a dying world. I wonder how many Christians today are taking the gospel to a lost and dying world. My goodness, why is it so quiet in here? Do we agree with one another or not? Do we have a mission, church? Do we have a mission to go? Do we have a mission to tell? I ask you this. Listen, we're talking about Simon Peter who failed God. Hey, Simon Peter, who did not follow. Simon Peter, who turned his back on Jesus. Simon Peter gets tired of waiting for the Lord. Can I tell you this? If you're going to stay on mission for God, number one, you're going to realize there's a mission for your life. But number two, you're going to be willing to wait on God to tell you what to do. Huh? He's waiting for Jesus to show up. And yet, instead of continuing to wait, no, he's going to go back to what he thinks he knows best. I can't tell you how many Christians I've seen come through here. Listen, I say Christian. I need to just not do that. I need to not do that. Let me call them people. All right? That's going to offend somebody, but you're going to be okay. Buckle up, all right? Tough love. That's just the way it is. I've seen some people come. Crocodile tears, just broken hearted. Listen, I'm not picking on nobody. But listen, I've seen it time and time again. They'll come in. They'll come in with a broken heart. And I have no doubt God is dealing with them. I have no doubt God wants to save them. But they'll have those crocodile tears. They'll say some words. They'll think they're good. And the next thing you know, you cannot find them. Hmm. And you say, preacher, what does that matter when it comes to coming to church? Because serving God matters. When in the world have we changed the thought of heart that serving God doesn't matter? Let me tell you something. If your heart's right with God, nobody's going to have to wonder where you are. Nobody's going to... Listen, listen, we are to be calling people and loving people, so don't you misunderstand what I'm saying. We are to be loving people. But what happened when people had a desire to be in the house of God? What happened when people had a desire that the Word of God meant more to them than anything else in their life? Hey, but when they were contemplating what they ought to do next, they weren't reading magazines and other books. They were going to the Word of God and seeking Him, allowing the Holy Spirit of God to speak into their life. You do realize what He says in in John chapter... uh, 20 and verse 19 right there. Or 21, I'm sorry, 21. Hear me. 
their lives changed. They weren't the same. They had a mission. But notice even for Simon Peter how easy it was to forget. To forget. I mean, you know, and it's easy for us to judge. We look back. I'm spitting again. Fred, be careful. We look back and we say, Simon Peter, I cannot believe that you, wouldn't, that you would give up waiting on the Lord. I ask you to contemplate your own life. Contemplate where you are with God. Hey, how many times do you say, well, you know what, God, I can't wait this long. I've waited on you and waited on you and waited on you and I'm just going to make a decision to take care of it myself. Huh? Don't tell me that don't happen because I know it does. I've been there. God, don't you know I need this? God, don't you know I need that? God, don't you know that this has got to be taken care of and I need to go do it and I'm just going to go do it? And you know what? It's so foolish, but it's true. Then we ask God to bless what we're going to go do. It's a big swallow right there, y'all, and let's all do it together. But isn't it true? Isn't it true? We forget. Number one, God's given you the mission already. Number two, how about wait upon the Lord? Wait on God. Wait on God. You say, preacher, what do you mean? Well, we find out next why you wait on God. Why you wait on Jesus. Here it is. Hey, it's not good enough. He goes right back to what he was doing before. And that's where I find a lot of people, a lot of professing Christians, right? Everything's good. They get, hey, they say they get saved. They say they get their life right with God and then the devil hits them upside the head and you can't find them nowhere. Why? Because they went back to where they were. Let me ask you something. What do you think you're going to get when you go back? Do you realize they were out of the will of God? I mean, has anybody ever contemplated that? When you go on your own, hey, listen, you go on your own, God's not going with you. Huh? You put, how many times do we take ourselves out, out from under the protection of God? Because we want our own will done. Some of you know, you know what I'm talking about. Right? And yet we think we can get away with that. He, he thought he could go back fishing. He thought he could go back to what he was doing. And it would be just fine. But isn't it something that when God changes your life, when God changes your heart, it all changes. You can't go back to where you were. You cannot go back to where you were. Preacher, what are you getting at? Some of you have seen God do great and mighty things in your life, but guess what? You're at a period of time where you're going to have to really buckle down. Oh, oh what's real is going to have to reveal. Huh? You're going to have to show it. You're going to have to live it. You're going to have to seek the face of God. If you've got to get on your face before God and pour everything out, which you should be doing anyway, because that's what it's going to take, then do it then do it. Why are we afraid? Why are we afraid? You say, preacher, but that's what I know. That's what I'm good at. Not anymore. What did I say this morning? He takes that stony heart. And what does he do? He replaces it with a heart of flesh. What is that? A warm, beating heart. You're not the same anymore. 
You're a new creature in Christ, transformed by the power of God. Why is it we think there's anything good for us in turning back? We've got to make up our mind to go forward with God, not backwards. You want the blessings of God, then go forward. I'm telling you this because if you're not facing it already, and I've seen it, and it's bur- i got to tell you, it drives me nuts, folks. I can't stand it. And family are the worst. Notice what happens next. Hey, listen, well, let's just get this out. He didn't go by himself. He took somebody, he, he took them down with him. I mean, hey, I'm being disobedient. I'm not going to serve God. Let me just take everybody with me. Don't tell me that don't happen. There's some, listen, there's some, there's some men in this place. There's some women in this place. Where are you leading your family? Where are you leading your family? Either you're leading them to God or you're leading them to hell. Huh? That's true. That's true. Hey, he didn't just go by himself and he sure didn't stop nobody else from from being obedient, from being disobedient, right? Disobedience. But we hate that word, don't we? But that's what it is when we don't do what God tells us to do. Listen, Jesus was coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. That's right. Huh? It's about time some people started believing it, though. That's right, brother. Huh? And started living like he's coming back. Help us, God. Help us. Not only does he drag people around with him. And listen, uh, maybe it's not you that's doing it. But how many people allow other people to drag them down? Some of y'all didn't get that. I said, how many people, how many, how many, do, do you honestly, are you a follower or a leader? Preacher, there's followers and there's leaders. Absolutely, I agree. But who are you following? Who are you following? There's so many people that want to follow man today. It's disgusting. It is disgusting. Huh? Following man. We need some people who make up their mind to follow God. To follow God. What did he tell them when he called them out? Hey, when he called them fishermen out to follow him, what did he say? Come after me. Come after me. What is, do you think that he's going to change direction? No. No. Not for a moment. So not only does he drag people down with him, but they allow him to drag them down. God give us some backbone. You need to know what you believe and why you believe it, folks. Listen, salvation is personal. Living for God is personal. Don't you, hey, listen, don't you do as I do. Now, my life better be an example before you. But if all you're going to do is follow what I do, we're in trouble. Because God ain't leading you. God ain't leading you. You don't think, hey, you don't think my boy, wherever he's at, I, he's somewhere here tonight. I hope he's in church. Praise God, there he is back there. Better be. You don't think he's going to be attacked? You don't think the devil's going to say, uh, you'll never be like your daddy, or you'll never be like James, or you'll never be like this preacher, or that preacher, or any other preacher? 
Exactly. You know what God is saying to him? You be the one I called you to be. You be the one I called you to be. But that's not for him. That's for every single one of us too. God wants you to be who he's called you to be. Don't you allow the world to take you down. Don't you give in to temptation. I believe God's looking for some strong people today. Say, you know what? I'm going to wait upon the Lord. I'm going to look for what God's got. Why? Because I want God's best for my life. And I don't know about you tonight, but I want, what's, I want God's best for my family. I want God's best for this church. Why in the world would we want to limp to glory? God help us to follow Him. Notice, they went right along with him. And he was willing to take them. But notice where it leads to, verse 3. Simon Peter said unto them, I go a fishing. And they say unto him, We also go with thee. I guess they thought unity was a good thing at that point. Some people think just because they can sin together that it'll be all right. I don't know who needed that, but they got it. Mm. There it is. I didn't have it. There you go. Verse 3. Not only did they have the idea of doing it, they acted upon it. What's your Bible saying? You know, you know why that just hits me right now? is because there's some people in the crosshairs. And you're contemplating tonight, turning your back on God. Tonight, you've got in your thoughts, hey, being disobedient towards God. Being disobedient to what He's called you to do. Hear me. (laughs) You say, preacher, that's not me tonight. Don't point over here at me. Don't you think that that temptation's not going to come if that ain't you? Huh? Don't you think God... Hey, don't you think... uh, uh, that we're going to be tempted as the body of Christ uh, to think high and lofty of ourselves? You don't think it's easy in this day to be prideful? Come on. Come on. What does he say? They say unto him, we also go with thee. And then what did they do? They went forth. Hey, and they didn't waste no time, did they? Huh? Huh? I tell you what, boy, we get our eyes off of God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They so much here. We just sit here all night. Listen, they get their eyes off of, off of God, their eyes off the prize. <laughs> Look how easy it is to go all the way. Hmm? First step is thinking it and letting it happen in your mind. The second is you, you go and act on it. Folks, you are not immune from temptation. Huh? I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care who your grandpa was. I don't care about none of that. I'm telling you, you face the same thing as I do, and we all face the same thing. They went forth, entered into a ship immediately. And that night, well, look at the results. Here's the results of disobedience every time. No surprise, right? Well, I'm sure it was to them. I mean, here they are. They know what they're doing. 
They know what they're doing, don't they? They know what they're doing so good that they caught nothing. They caught nothing. Can I tell you tonight, and I don't care where you're at, I mean, and I do care where you're at, but I don't care where you're at, huh? Disobedience to God will net every time nothing. That's right. Nothing. And you won't go forward with God. You know what you'll do? You'll go backwards. You know, it's amazing the people who think they'll just take a break from God. The people that take a break from God, take a break from the things of God. Well, you know what, preacher? We're just going to take some time off. Take some time off from what? Being saved? Being saved? You're going to take a break from being saved? I don't read anywhere where God says, just lay it down for a little while and pick it back up when you're good and ready. No, the world will have you so tangled up you won't know what to do. You'll be in the net yourself is what you'll be. Huh? Isn't it true? Isn't it true? It nets nothing. Nothing. And yet so many times, I mean, we're talking about Simon Peter of all people. Man, the one that was there warming by the fire. As everything was happening to our Lord. And yet now he can't even wait on Jesus. And he knows he's resurrected. You say, preacher, what's so significant about that? You don't know what God's done in you? You don't, hey, I, I mean, if you're saved, you'll remember when you got saved. I'm not talking about a date on a calendar. I'm talking about what happened in your heart. You know if you're saved. You know if God's changed you. And how in the world can you think back to what God's done in your life and think for a moment you ain't going to wait on God no longer? God help us. That's why we end up where we are so many times. Disobedience. Disobedience. Now, I, notice what happens in verse 4. We're going to go on a little bit. Greg said, how long are we going? I said, I don't know until we're done. We just put chapter 21 up there. This is God's time. And it ain't raining. So here they are. They went fishing. Didn't waste no time to be disobedient. They got right on to that. And all the time Jesus was on the way. Because guess who shows up in verse 4? Verse 4 of chapter 21. Look who shows up. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. You go ahead and play the games of this world and get out. You're going to have a hard time recognizing Jesus. Hear me? Hear me? Oh, it's hard. It's hard coming back, folks. It's hard. Yes, it's a prayer away. That's not the hard part. Hard part is getting your heart right. Huh? We get out there and we get cold to God. Huh? I mean, here they are just in a matter of time. There is Jesus on the shore and they can't even recognize Him. You don't think that's significant that that's there? Oh, it's very significant. Very significant. You go so far and see what happens to you. 
But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? <laughs> Don't you love when Jesus asks a question? <laughs> Boy, as if he needs your answer. You know what he wants you to do when he asks you those questions? See exactly where you are. <laughs> See exactly where you are. Oh, and what was their reply? They answered him. Oh, that's a big whopper, ain't it? No. No. He wanted them to see exactly what being impatient looks like. He wanted them to see exactly when you go out on your own what it looks like. They answered him and said, no. I wonder, I wonder if God would spare us would spare us from having to live that way. You know what it's going to take, folks, is your obedience. Your obedience. You know, he could have easily said it at that point. Boys, I can see that you're going to go out on your own. Continue on. He could have. He could have said, you know what, that's what you think of me and over and over and over again. I've been denied and walked away from. I'll just leave you to yourselves. But what does he say? He tells them exactly where to cast the net. It's twofold. <clears throat> it's twofold here. And don't miss this. We're going we're gonna to wrap up and close up, but don't, don't miss this. It's twofold. Number one, we see the love of Christ. Hmm? The love and the mercy of God. You see, he could call it quits on you tonight. huh? The next time you mess up, he could just go ahead and say, guess what? You ain't going to serve me, so I'm done with you. But what does he do? He loves them and he shows compassion to them. That's the God we serve, folks. That's the God we serve. Not that we should go out there and live that way. <clears throat> Not that we should question the will of God for our lives. But I'm telling you tonight, could it be another opportunity God's given you to get on track with what He wants in your life? You know, He gives us warnings. You know, He gives us warnings way ahead of time if we'll just listen. Secondly, not only is it his love and compassion, but number two, he puts on display again that he's in control. That he's in control. Preacher, what do you mean? They caught nothing. I'm talking about probably, I mean, if we were, if, if they were uh, here today, I mean, they would probably be on, uh, man, they'd probably be on one of these TV shows that catch so much fish. These guys know what they're doing. Right? They're the professionals. They know, and yet they caught nothing. Why is that? You don't think God controls the fish? You don't think God controls creation? Sure He does. Sure He does. 
He was going to make sure them boys didn't catch nothing. You going to go back? You going to turn back? You going to see what's there for you? There'll be nothing. Nothing when you turn back. Mm. Nothing there. God's love, compassion, and mercy, and God's control. God's control. What does He say? And He said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast their four, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Boy, isn't it amazing when we're obedient how God blesses? Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. And then when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. Isn't it interesting that he prepared himself to see the Lord? Hmm? He sure didn't go over there naked. Could that be that he didn't want Jesus to see where he was at? Huh? I believe God wants to save a lot of people heartache. Hear me. You think he wants you to see suffering and experience pain? in disobedience? No, because he doesn't want you in disobedience. Why, why do you think we have the Word of God? Why do you think we have a manual for living? To show us how to live. To show us what to do. To show us how much he cares for us. But you know what? You can hear message after message after message. And it's still a choice a free will to serve God, to love God, to live for God. What does he ask Peter? I mean, as they go on, what? Do you loveth me? Do you love me, Peter? You know, if you're really going to be in obedience, you're going to have to love God. If you're really saved, I mean, you're going to love God. You don't love Jesus. Huh? How in the world, how in the world can somebody say they're saved and they've got no care or love for the things of God? I'm not beating anybody up, but I'm saying we are to think about these things, folks. We are to think about these things. We are to love the things of God. You know, we are to nurture and cherish the things of God. Not get puffed up. Think we've got a better plan and go on our own. God will never bless it. Some of you in these coming days, because I've seen it in these last days, you're going to be challenged, you're going to be tempted to turn your back on God. You're going to be tempted to go back to the life that you lived. Hear me. You're going to be tempted to hang out with the people who brought you down. And the question is, will you allow it to happen? 
If you want the blessings of God, you'll stay close to God. Hear me. And church, if we want to see the blessings of God, we'll keep our eyes on the Lord. What are, what are, we, what are we waiting for to be obedient, though? What are we waiting for to be obedient, though? Swallowing our pride? Swallowing our pride? Getting over ourselves? Huh? What will it take to be right before God? Jesus called them over, cooked the meal, and then served it to them. After they were disobedient. It blows my mind because if it was you and I, you know what we'd do? We'd have sank that boat and went on. Preacher, that's kind of harsh. I wouldn't do that. Well, I would. I'll be honest with you. I mean, that's why I'm not God. Do everything that he's done. Think about this. To think, hey, that he left glory. Hey, have you thought about it lately? To think that he left glory. You wouldn't have left glory. And then to come. I mean, come and be born in a manger of all things. Mistreated, beaten and mocked and spit upon. Think about that. We're talking about the Son of God. And if that wasn't enough, after the torture he went through to be hung on a cross, to die, the Son of God. And to think for a second that our plan could ever be better than his. Can I ask you tonight, why is that? Hmm? There's times we become disobedient. But I wonder tonight if somebody isn't being called to seek Him today. Right now, tonight. You know, I said it takes a, it's a, it's a prayer away to be right with God. But sometimes that's the toughest prayer to pray. Why? Because we got to humble ourselves before God. In a prideful society, we have to humble ourselves before God. Folks, I don't know what God's doing in your heart. I don't know what you're battling. I don't know what you're facing. But I do know this. Jesus wants fellowship with you. There's no doubt about that. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Those of you that's got big decisions coming in your life, and I have no idea what your decisions are, so don't think the pastor has gotten into your paperwork. It's called life. What are you going to do? Are you going to seek the face of God, or are you going to go alone? What did I say? Disobedience nets nothing. 
There's nothing to go back for. You know, I think God's calling some people to go forward. Heads bowed and eyes closed. The altar is open tonight. I wonder, would you come and do business with God? That's all that matters tonight. You and God. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you. God, I thank you for the reminder of your word. God, the warning of your word. God, that you teach us how to live. God, you remind us how to live. God, the example set before us. Oh, God, that we wouldn't live in our ways, but live in yours. God, that we wouldn't desire our path, but yours. God, your plan and not ours. God, help us tonight, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.